When do you come to the realization that you've lost yourself? You don't even know who you are anymore. I like to call it identity theft. And are you at fault? Welcome to this podcast of my inner torch. Identity theft is something that we associate with uh, hackers, people phishing with an email, you giving your social security number or other identifying information, credit card information, etc. But when you're dealing with a cluster B, they will, if you get a chance, they will steal your identity. They will absorb your identity. They will take your identity away from you you will lose who you actually are. Over 21 years that I've been involved with my wife, I can say that I have lost my identity. The person I was is not the person I am. You put so much effort into trying to please that person, trying to stave off emotional outbursts, trying to repair your emotional sandcastle, trying to keep the peace, that you lose touch with yourself. You don't know who you are anymore. And that is very premeditated on their part, especially on the part of a narcissist. They will take your identity. And I think one of the reasons why we find ourselves in this circumstance is because the simple fact of what we're trying to do. We're trying to change them. And you can't change anyone. You can't make somebody love you or treat you the way that you deserve, no matter how much you sacrifice or do for them, including losing the person you once were. These people will either love you or not. And in most cases, they can't. And we need to learn that and remember that every time we get our hearts involved. We have to go back to thinking why we do what we do. And this is where I am on my journey in moving forward from this relationship, recognizing it for not being normal because it's not. It is triple D, dysregulated, disordered, and dysfunctional. This is by no stretch of the imagination a marriage. This is not a relationship. And I can sit here with conviction and tell you this, and I can separate myself from the emotion. I'm not bursting out into tears. I'm not going to go off on a tangent now and talk about, you know, how much I love my wife. And well, I guess she doesn't love me. And it's, you know, become a victim. I'm not a victim. I'm just somebody, unfortunately, who got themselves involved in a relationship that I shouldn't have. But why did I do that? We have to go back to the root cause And we have to fix ourselves. We can't fix other people. We can't change other people. I recognize this in myself. This is why, and I've talked about this over numerous podcasts, I wouldn't know a normal relationship because a normal relationship would have turned me off. And I say would have because now I understand why. It's because there was no challenge. I can look back on my relational history with women and I can see where I made mistakes. I can see where I missed opportunities to be with people that were giving, loving, 
That was a huge turnoff to me. And the reason why it was a turnoff was that there was no challenge. There was nothing to fix. And that was my personality. I wanted to fix somebody. And in fixing them, I would get the validation that I needed. That person would thank me for fixing them. And they would find me irreplaceable, indispensable. But that's not a normal relationship. That is very codependent. I have to fix somebody. And so I can pinpoint in having gone back and really spent a lot of time looking inward. And that's what you need to do because we spend most of our time as caretakers of a cluster B looking outward. How can we fix them? How can we make them happy? How can we keep the peace? How can we preserve our emotional sandcastle? We don't take the time to work on ourselves. This is how the identity theft occurs. We become them. We are so closely intertwined with their emotional orbit and we are so caught in it that we forget who we are. Simple as that. And now for me personally, if I'm going to step out of this relationship and somebody came along and they weren't somebody in need of fixing and rescuing, maybe now I would say, you know what? That person can give love. That person can experience intimacy. And that person is attractive. And unfortunately, over most of my life, I have found them to be unattractive because I couldn't fix them. That's my problem. That's something I need to work on. You know, through fixing them, I would then be validated by them. It's not going to happen. So again, I will remind you that you can't change somebody. You can change yourself, but you can't change somebody else and you cannot force them to be something that they aren't. And this is so frustrating to everyone who's involved with cluster B, borderline, narc, histrionic. We all want what we were shown. We all want to go back to the beginning. We all want the love bombing. We all want the mirage that we bought into. But folks, it's not going to come back. They're not going to come back. My wife left our bedroom nine months ago. She's not coming back. And I've come to the conclusion that I wouldn't want her back. What would I gain if I was pleading with her? I was begging her, please come back to the bedroom. What would I gain from that if she finally gave in? And that is a big step forward for me because I would have. Some time ago, I would have. I would have gone to her and I would have begged and I would have pleaded and I would have been passive aggressive about it. And I would have played what I like to call the wounded chicken, hoping that she would feel sorry for me. That's pathetic. So we have to accept that we cannot force our cluster B to love us and respect us and to treat us in the manner that we treat them. It's not a 50-50. It just isn't. It's dysfunctional. It's dysregulated and it's disordered. And so you have to take a step back. And I've said this in my past podcast, and I will continue to tell you the truth as hard as it is for me to tell you that you do have to take time to think about yourself. 
I wish there was a magic pill, a panacea. I wish that I could give you advice. And that's what all of us want, including me. Somebody to come and say, you know, the way that you can get them to be the way that you want them to be or what they were is this. Sure, love it. I'd be there and I'd line up and I would drink that Kool-Aid. But the problem is, is that there isn't Kool-Aid for this particular problem. And you can go to counseling, you can go to therapy, you can do whatever with them. And folks, it will be a complete waste of time because they don't realize that they have a problem. They don't realize that they have no emotional intelligence because they don't. They are children. They are arrested in their emotional development. My wife included. She is a child. And this is why I don't feel safe talking to her. Again, normal relationship, I would imagine, because I'm not in one, that if there was a disagreement or perhaps a fight and somebody left the bedroom, they'd come back. They'd want to come back. They would want to make amends. They would want to work it out. They wouldn't be like my wife talking about her room, talking about how bright and cheery it is and how much she loves it and not saying, well, how was it in your room last night? You know, it was cold in my room. Those are triggers for me. That still bothers me. I go to bed each night angry, upset. And that's what I'm working on right now because why am I angry? Why am I upset? Well, because I guess I'm still disappointed that it doesn't mean anything to her because it still obviously means something to me because I wouldn't even talk about it in this podcast. Myinnertorch at gmail.com. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for your emails. I'm sorry if I can't get back to you personally. I do receive quite a few. And in each one of these emails that I receive, it is somebody who has a story and the story always aligns with my story, as it will align with yours. This is why you're listening to this podcast. It is a story that you can take some solace and comfort from knowing you're not alone in your battle because I'm sure it feels that way. And you're not alone in your confusion. And I'm sure it feels that way because we cannot accept as the lawns out there, as the caretakers, as the codependents, we cannot accept their behavior. It's bizarre. How could they go from being incredibly loving, over the top, do anything for you, to discarding you, devaluing you, to criticizing you, to making your life miserable and taking your identity away from you? I called them soul suckers. They are soul suckers. They will take your identity. They will take your soul. It just depends on how much you want to give them. And so I feel for you because I've been there, done that. I am in the healing process. I am accepting the situation for what it is. And I'm recognizing that there's very, very, very little chance that it will ever change. And the only reason why there aren't a lot of fireworks here is because my wife is reflecting back to me. She's mirroring back to me the civility 
that I show her. That is the very least that I can do. There is no reason to go to war with her. It is a war that I will not win. It is a war that you won't win. I always tell that to my daughter when she tries to mix it up with her mother. You won't win the war. They are inexplicably equipped to be toxic and to outlast you with any anger you may have. They can counter it. They can double it. They can triple it. Just remember that. Don't lose your identity. Remember, you are a good person. It is not your fault that this relationship has gone south. It's not your fault. It is your fault if you don't work on yourself and if you don't recognize the relationship for what it is and if you don't give up the idea that it's going to be better one day because chances are it won't. Be well and in whatever you do, be good. Till next time, new episode uploaded every single Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be well. And in whatever you do, be good. This has been my Inner Torch. <laughs>